0: And welcome back to Folksy, a folk horror movie podcast with myself, your hag-in-residence, Melinda Catherine. The Yuletide season is in full swing around these parts, and everyone has been getting ready to celebrate the returning of the light. But of course, it's still easy to get lost in the dark. So once again, it appears that I have ensorcelled yet another weary traveler out of the cold to come and join me! Yay! (laughs) Um... This is this is so freaking cool, uh, guys! I've got Anastasia Washington here. She is an actress no. and stand-up comedian in Los Angeles, so she is not used to this fictional weather.
1: Um, but no, I, no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well equipped to improv about it. So <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I. I mean, I, I have seen it before. I've seen, I've seen weather. Good. Oh wow, I've seen, seen it. it. Like. <laughs> i've seen heard of it (laughs) well
0: it's all good because here nestled around the fire it is nice and warm um now usually when i introduce myself to a lot of comedians their first response is like oh i'm sorry i don't really like horror movies but you have actually really embraced both um yeah like what would you say came first for you like horror or comedy
1: oh god i don't know because i was born uh into a family that is Nerdy about both. That's um, bad. I'm very lucky in that aspect. My dad was a huge comedy nerd. Um, I remember watching like Eddie Murphy's Raw, like when it came out. Um <laughs> probably should not have, but whatever. Um, and at the same vein, um, my mom uh showed me The Shining at three. So <laughs> I think it, it came about around the same time. Um and my parents philosophy is about why I was allowed to like be nerdy with them about these things. It's just so interesting, <laughs> But you know, you know, they just like, you know, they, that was part of their personalities. My dad was a big um, comedy nerd that himself not making comedy, although he loved to call people up with some crank calls that were insanely epic. But um, <laughs> my mom is definitely the horror uh, origin story for me. <laughs>
0: so fun because that's really a chicken or the
1: egg situation. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's, so, I mean, and I think honestly, horror and comedy go so well together. We see so many uh, comedians uh, go into the genre um, for a reason. Um, like, it's just, like, almost interchangeable. Like, they just speak to each other so well. Um, I don't know.
0: <laughs> for sure. And we're going to dig into that because... <laughs> all we are talking about a movie that i was very convinced did not i thought that i was pushing it with this one in the folklore kind of category mm. a lot of what we do on this podcast is kind of being like is it i don't know i <laughs> think it is because i have some very bloody colored glasses on when it comes to <laughs> for the genre um right. but in my rewatch i was like you know guys i think krampus is a folk horror film? <laughs>
1: oh yes, I would say a hundred percent. I mean, I watched that documentary on uh, uh, on Shudder about folk horror, f- folk horror, it and and horror. They, oh yeah, yeah, it was so good. But yeah, I mean, I think this is so much so. I mean, I don't know if you've experienced like the holiday season outside of this country, but there is so much lore to christmas so much it is insane and i mean i remember going to italy and seeing all these little witches around at christmas time and i was like what is this witch and there's like a christmas witch that is just like like as big and as known as santa out there in 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 italy so i mean like we really just have santa it feels like we have like but out there, in like it's just out in Europe. <laughs> out there in Europe and out there in other countries, um, there's so much lore to it, and I love that. and um I feel like I get surprised every time I hear about somebody else' other countries' traditions,
0: you know. <laughs> Oh no, for sure. That is <laughs> cool. Well, before we really like dig into this, um, I'm gonna do my my classic "Tis the Time of Year." Uh, okay. Put out a glass of schnapps for Krampus because apparently that's what you do. Um, but may I ask you to sacrifice something to my to my campfire? Sure. Excellent. All right then. Well, uh, let's see. What is the naughtiest thing that you have ever done the night before Christmas?
1: I mean, that's relative, right? I mean, I. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely had sex at somebody else's house on on Christmas Eve uh, and Christmas morning and almost been caught. But I feel like that's tame. You know, <laughs> I feel like that's just neutral. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, again, some people it's like, I stole a car. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I mean, I've definitely gotten way too drunk in a hot tub. I mean, I, I it just feels like par for the course for what the holidays it is
0: like perhaps what it is is that your your lifestyle is a little <laughs> leaning then perhaps Saint
1: Nicholas. <laughs> maybe 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 yes um I guess I didn't mean to be naughty but I did do this one thing and I think it's kind of my family makes fun of me to this day, but I wrapped up all of my sisters. Like my sister was away at college and she was coming home for Christmas. And I wrapped up all her clothes that she was supposed to take back to college. So she thought she was getting like a hundred presents. Oh my God. <laughs> she that ended up doing her laundry. The
0: <laughs> That's what Pat that is. I love it. It's ever so slightly naughty, but in like a fun fantasy right. kind of way. Oh. I know. <laughs> oh that is that is wonderful well thank you i i appreciate the fire is warm it did okay. things where it glows a color like when you cast in it like it's uh, are you afraid of the dark oh, <laughs> um,
1: love, <it>. love the <laughs> reference
0: oh excellent but but yes so we are here to discuss the 2015 film krampus written by odd casey michael doherty and zach shields also directed by michael doherty and if you guys know that name at home this is the guy who did trick or treat Superman returns and uh Godzilla King of Monsters. So, like, yes. what a what a breadth of, of uh uh of content to be provided. <laughs> yes. For those of you who have not seen the film, as his dysfunctional family squabbles escalate, young Max finds himself giving up the spirit of Christmas, a fatal final straw that unleashes the wrath of the fearsome demon. Krampus. The family must band together to save each other from a monstrous fate. The film stars Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Koshner, Alison Coleman, and M.J. Anthony as Max. If you have not seen Krampus, now is the time to turn back. If not, huddle close <laughs> to the fire, my lovelies, for there is a chill in the air and the sound of those bells is gonna get louder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Where
0: did that come from? It's a weird bird out here. Don't worry about it. Um,
1: <laughs> and heard you were talking about Krampus. So it was like, oh, yeah. I'm here.
0: <laughs> you know, you started to dig in a little bit to, you know, the, the kind of like folk history of like what goes into to Europe and mm-hmm. a lot of what goes into the Christmas holiday. And so, you know, here's for those who might not be as familiar with Krampus, there's actually a reason for that. Um, the history of the Krampus figure goes back to this pre-Christian Alpine tradition that celebrates you know with celebrations involving you know Krampus dating back to the 6th or 7th century AD. Now, when we talk about alpine folklore in Europe and on this podcast, it often refers to central and eastern folklore in the Alps. So like Liechtenstein, Germany, Austria, Slovenia, uh Bulgaria. I clarify this because the Alps also includes areas like Morocco and Italy, like you were talking about Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Um but what is mostly thought of, you know, when we talk about like alpine folklore is this kind of like germanic tonality and krampus is no exception in that (laughs) the anthropomorphic demon goat man's role this time of year is to punish or frighten the wicked particularly the children thanks germany uh (laughs) (laughs) this punishment ranges from being whipped with a switch to being dragged off into the flames of eternal damnation and while the notions of Krampus are this like pre-Christian thing. There's no particular lore that really defines his essence as like a winter solstice being. It's more um part of the amalgam of the creature that would later become the overall assimilation of the Christianic biblical devil. So like ploving hooves, big old kissed right. hooves, horns, you know, you can definitely, yeah, you can see the similarities. Um now, since Krampus has been along so around so long you know there's been kind of this like revival of interest in Krampus and there's actually a reason for that um in the aftermath of 1930 of the 1932 election in Austria the Krampus tradition actually became legally prohibited through the political regime under chancellor Engelbert, uh oh god i can never pronounce things Engel, Engelbert though <laughs> The most Austrian name.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, This was pushed by a clerical fascist fatherhood or fatherland front and the Christian Social Party at the time. So by the 1950s, the movement had actually gone so far as to create like pamphlets entitled "Krampus is an evil man" and proclaiming that stories and celebrations of the beast would damage children's mental health. So kind
1: of like how we see a lot of horror movies you know (laughs) yeah i'm like yeah i don't think anybody was like he's a good man no in any of the legends so but you know
0: pamphlet (laughs) pamphlet the original the original internet the pamphlet yeah But uh, with the turn of the century, though, came the return to Krampus, where many Alpine cities began embracing old pagan traditions such as mask carving and effigy adornment, as well as other types of folklore, making Krampus into a celebration. Uh, In many ways, he's now kind of like a very stark middle finger to the Christian notion of St. Nicholas and the stolen pieces of the Yule season's adaptations for Christmas christmas mm-hmm. yes so if you haven't heard of krampus before that's not necessarily unusual there was this huge point in time where we were kind of like up, 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 up. this is like the video games drugs nancy reagan kind of like era of um, not this bad boy i uh, except it's with this folklore character <laughs> which is wild um uh, But so North American media has really taken to Krampus, but comedy in particular has really adopted Krampus as like this figure, kind of like how the Babadook was proclaimed as a gay
1: icon, because we say so. Um, Yeah, because, you know, him and Pennywise have a very great relationship.
0: Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Well, Anastasia, why do you think that like comedy has really latched itself to Krampus in particular?
1: I mean, I think there's also, like there's something about, polar opposites, right? There's something about like uh a uh, kind of taking a figure that known that's known and loved and just like making it weird. And I think even though Krampus is separate than Santa Claus, he is the counterpart, right? In in some ways. And I think uh, Santa Claus, it, we've we've exhausted a lot of Santa Claus tropes in comedy and and it's nice to have like a, like, a little darker darker version to play around with <laughs> you know very comedy tragedy in that way <laughs> ah, yeah i mean it, it's there's you know duality is such a great part of you know writing stories or writing comedy um and so i think that that's fun and also i think you know we've always been forced to do this like nice and naughty thing um And, uh, like, we're like, and how, how naughty, like, do we have to be like such an extreme? Like, oh, he might hit you with a switch or give you you know, Santa Claus might give you coal, but this guy might drag you to hell. Like, like, this is insane. How bad do you have to be? What's the
0: scale? (laughs) I love that. That's really what this movie, especially at the end, kind of deals in, which is like, and and what a lot of the kids kind of ask throughout, how bad do you have to be? in order to be punished, which like, what a way to get the Krampus switch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was doing this silly Facebook, you know, one of those Facebook uh, things the other day where it's like, uh, have you been naughty and nice? Or what have you been naughty about? And mine was like, you stay up too late and you go to bed and you wake up too early. And I was like, oh, really? I guess he really watches you when you're you're sleeping. I told this to my nephew and he's like, you can be in trouble for that. And I was (laughs) like, I was like, um, maybe get your eight hours or else you're dragged to hell. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) I've never heard that before. If you get up too early, you're a monster. What a concept. (laughs) Yeah, I know. What? Well, you know, drag me to hell. (laughs) You bet. I'm a busy woman. I got to bed late. I got up early. What kind of monster woman? Well, what was the first time that you were introduced to Krampus as like a creature concept? Like, was it through like some kind of North American media? Was it through kind of like your your research with going around in within Europe? Like when when did Krampus first get your radar? I
1: think it, it probably was just when I was reading. I mean, I read a lot of pagan books, uh, like I uh, or just like mythology books and stuff like that. And I think, you know, years ago... Um, I was looking at Christmas legends because I was just kind of bored with what Christmas was. <laughs> um, and I think, like, it was just like a blurb in a book, I think, at that point. Um, all these different weird Christmas legends um, and these different Christmas characters. Um, it, it was just like, you know, this is, I don't think there was that much information about it, e- even in the book, but. Um, yeah I think that was my first introduction I don't think I really saw it elevated or got super interested in it to be honest until I started seeing people have the parties out here um and I was like what it like
0: what is there it must, must be, be something because yeah you throw a Krampus party which is dope
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and I think like when I saw like like a darker side of Christmas start showing up around LA. People were throwing like parades and parties. And I was like, what is this? Um, I think that's when I became like a little bit more entranced with it. And then the movie came out and I was like, whoa, what, what is this? (laughs) Like, let's, let's figure this out.
0: Well, and it's wild because this film has really kind of become the, the titular Krampus film in that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of other horror Krampus like very much so more horror you know uh yeah based have kind of come out and nothing's really tapped the level of this particular Krampus film and which is wild because again it's technically a comedy uh right right <laughs> and so you know, yeah it's it's interesting in that way uh and actually you know as we kind of start to like dig in To the film and kind of what makes this special as a horror film. This movie participates in one of my personal favorite horror pastimes. um, Which is seeing a real comeback. Which is just casually killing children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. For a lot of horror movies that's kind of like a go-to no-no. It's like Shakespeare rules. Like if they die, they die off screen. And it's very dramatic. Yeah, Um,
1: especially in America. Like if you're adventurous and you see stuff outside of the american cinema they don't care they kill kids like left and right like if you've seen when evil lurks oh, oh. my god oh, oh my god oh my god but in america we have this thing about like and i i get it i understand it's like very dramatic it's like um like taking innocence and killing innocence off but i even remember when i was a kid i was in this movie And they only showed our feet before they like killed us off in the movie because it was too dramatic for Mm -hmm. American audiences.
0: (laughs) It's very puritanical in the way that we create art in that way. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Which is wild. Uh, Yeah. But, but yeah, you know, we've kind of been seeing this, this return to it actually. The one of course that comes to mind for me is Halloween ends, that cold open that's
1: gonna haunt me for the rest of my days, which I love. Um that was pretty I was like, I was like, there's hope for this movie. There's this this opening was great.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) It's I mean, I love that movie for several very many different other reasons that belong (laughs) to different podcasts, but (laughs) (laughs) fair enough. it is it is all good and then you also because you've mentioned you you know you're from los angeles and you have a lot of family out here is christmas normally a very big holiday for you
1: yeah i mean my pretty much my whole family we have a, you know we have a couple people that ended up moving out but um yeah my whole family is out here it's a big deal the holidays are always like a bustle struggle because you're trying to see who you can see and who's going to be going to what. And so, yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal, but, um, traditionally like Christmas day is a little bit smaller. It's just more like my, my siblings and like their children type thing.
0: I love that. And I love that you Mm -hmm. use the word traditionally with that because there is so much kind of within the Krampus lore that, either exists or doesn't exist mm-hmm. I mean, again. We're not really sure where it kind of harkens. We know it's pagan, but we don't really know how. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The way. Uh, and, and yet, you know, tradition and the notions of tradition are so seeped into this particular holiday. And especially with like, we've talked about the do's and don'ts of what is good and what is bad. Um, so let's kind of talk about the beginning of this film where we get to meet this, this family. <laughs> Yes, this incredibly interesting family. I always find Christmas to be very fascinating because I, my family, we were never big. Mm. On this Christmas has always been kind of a strange holiday for for us. And it's been very isolated oftentimes. And so the idea of having all of my family members who are
1: awful come and be in the same room is so interesting to me. Yeah, I unfortunately uh, have had many Christmases like that. (laughs) So uh, so there's something very reminiscent about it. There's something very reminiscent about like the opening of this movie in general to like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You have those like archetypes of yeah. characters. I, I love that. I was like, I was like, Oh, it's basically like adding all the gore I wanted to National Lampoon's.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause again, yeah, I saw that movie later, later as an adult, I didn't have like the childhood and nostalgia that kind yeah. of came with it. And I actually want to say, I saw Krampus first now that Ooh, just watching i know and so you know it's just always always fun to see uh uh you know david Kochner just being that character that
1: killer mm. character <laughs> yeah i mean he he puts this flair it's just he's so good at being disgusting disgusting is maybe the word i would say i don't know what
0: is is very interesting about this family dynamic that they set up with like adam scott and tony collette as like a strong super liberal couple and then we've got david kochner and allison coleman who which i think is is it allison coleman why do i think i've written this down wrong and ergo i'm saying it wrong no
1: it's allison coleman
0: neat all right well then thank god my adhd is a real fun thing with this podcast
1: <laughs> Love <laughs>
0: but you know they create these characters who who are these two families who you manage to hate both of them which is a really beautiful balance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you hate you hate them but you also are like um you i don't know for me at least you know people like this you know situations like this um and i think that's that's such a great uh Uh, Like it doesn't like if you hate somebody, you don't really want to watch it. But if you know people like that and you feel you've felt these feelings before, I think that's what keeps you really like grounded with them.
0: Comedy and tragedy masks are going to keep popping up. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, you know, and it's very interesting how we see it also reflected upon their kids. Because Mm. nobody in this movie is completely without fault, almost from moment one, you know, because, even you know, we get to meet all uh uh you know david and allison's kids i don't remember any of the character names in this because I, I
1: only remember it because it's right in front of me i
0: just on the internet <laughs> it, 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 wi-fi out here in the woods fantastic <laughs> but i know a scene that always sticks out to me is max at the beginning when you know it's it's you know oh why are we doing that you yeah, max has been kind of fighting everyone from the moment this film starts you know he's fighting you know people at his school in the christmas play Mm -hmm. he's fighting when he gets home and you know in an attempt to kind of connect with his cousins he has that great moment at the beginning where he's like you know well what did you ask for for christmas you know and he proceeds to list off some expensive toys (laughs) and so even the kids, you can see how kind of in that tradition it is passed down, you know, amongst these kids who were kind of taught how to be bullies. These kids who were kind of taught to be oblivious to, you know, to others. And and it creates this great round. And then here comes, oh, no, I do remember Aunt Dorothy, uh, <laughs> who is just, you know, popping the, the unexpected relative who's just a drunk and is just mean. Yeah new some i just tell it like it is but you're like you're like but that that hurts
1: (laughs) don't say it like it is
0: what is that for because if it's just for you you're kind of a dick yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so you know we get this kind of great like both showing up tradition and breaking down of of tradition because so much of this film was actually in the the details in the background Mm -hmm. i don't did you get more out of like this you rewatch this movie often
1: yeah. I do like I watch I watch Krampus at least once a year um so I mean I guess I I I don't like get it it feels fresh because it's like oh you know I'm seeing it once a year but you know like I think if I watched it more than once it'd probably get more detail you know <laughs> oh no that's fair I just yeah I I didn't realize
0: in this particular rewatch I noticed that you know when Omi is making cookies in the um in the kitchen and she's making them by hand and you know like adam scott comes in and he's, oh you know don't worry you don't have to make too much we bought a bunch and she kind of gives them a side eye but they've got a christmas carol on in the background uh oh. which is very, yeah and it's very interesting because the kind of the framing device of this whole film you know by the time we hit the end which also has a lot of uh big christmas carol energy <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah. it's
0: screwed the three ghosts energy. Um, which also kind of before Krampus was kind of the the cautionary Christmas tale,
1: pretty traditional. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think we've seen it in a hundred different ways. <laughs> but um yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's a part of the other reason
0: that Krampus gets so freaking fresh with all of this is that we've seen nine hundred thousand
1: Christmas carols, including
0: one yeah. with like Guy Pierce getting Molested as a child, like did I need yeah. that person,
1: Carol? It's too late. We haven't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody asked for it, but it was uh it was given to us. <laughs> sometimes that's how Christmas works. <laughs> and it's very very Christmassy indeed.
0: It is. It is very very Christmassy. Uh, and so you know, we we just have this wildly dysfunctional family, which mm-hmm. is just so much fun. And, of course, as Max becomes more and more disillusioned, finally he goes, he rips up his letter to Santa and says, you know, not doing this. Tosses it out the window. And then suddenly, probably some of the most swift and brutal magic that I can think of just encases
1: this neighbor.
0: Mm, <laughs> yeah. It's and, really interesting.
1: And possibly worst thing that can happen to any teenagers in the neighborhood all of the power and internet
0: (laughs) (laughs) christmas no less (laughs) oh my god yeah and it's that three days before christmas too so it's that time i i always have um a notion that i kind of say upon hearing so many different christmas tales and relating them to my own which is that family at christmas you get three days because by the fourth day, you're ready to kill each other and mm-hmm. say something mean. Um, For sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I, you gave them three days. Wow, I, I think maybe like two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I say this with love and devotion to the to the medical system that fools me uh, <laughs> really so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for about three days and then after that you say some quip to aunt sally and you're like well shit yeah um, i gotta go home <laughs> yeah. bury myself in the snow forever now
1: <laughs> indeed though <laughs> my goodness my goodness which is kind of
0: what happens here uh yeah. the backs. and then you know as Krampus kind of descends we get a lot of um Honestly, I, the the middle of this movie is a horror movie. I'm so interested on your thoughts because your your horror tastes range so eclectically. You know, they range from the old Universal monsters to you know 80s to to all of this kind of stuff. And when people think of like camp and humor, they often equate it with like the 80s trend of slashers being so ridiculous they become humorous. Um, so much of the, of the actual brutality of this film. Is very very grotesque, you know. It's a lot yeah. of again. All of the kids die before we even touch an adult. I'm um, um,
1: sure, yeah, yeah. And I I think it, like it's to me very reminiscent, like the 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 I don't know, the gore of it is very reminiscent of like a poltergeist, you know, taking like those like innocent things about your house and innocent innocent things about toys and just really wrecking you with it,
0: you know? Oh, a hundred. <laughs> Yeah, like, this film kind of, like, taps into, because there's definitely that, like, element of the 80s. Do you, do you think that this film kind of, like, falls under that just, like, strictly nostalgic interpretation? Or do you think it falls under, like, you know, you mentioned the brutality in kind of, like, this almost, like, it falls under this post-aughts umbrella mm. do you know if like when we look at like aught films like house of wax or when we yeah. look at you know the saw films the the hostel films kind of all of that where do you think that the gore level kind of falls within all of this do you think it's more of that 80s i'm asking a lot of questions i think it's
1: more 80s i think only because uh like there's something about like the cartoonish natures of these creatures that like it it pulls you out of it a little bit to like, be like laughing. But then at the same time, you're like, well, wait, I have like a snow globe next to me. Oh, wait. You know, like, and that was kind of what was like the beauty of like some of these, like, I don't know, comical takes on different um, things that are around your house, you know, that become like monsterish of the eighties, you know, like where you're like, wow, uh, that's funny now. And then you go home and you're like, wait a minute, that's not funny. Because oh, I have that, yeah. all. or that's not funny. Because I had I grew up, <laughs> you know, I, it's like one of those like long, it's like a long haul um, terror, and I love that. <laughs> no, you're right, there's a lot of
0: creature work in this film. Uh,
1: yes. Oh much. Yeah. which I love. I mean, I mm-hmm. love that. I'm like make monsters of it. I love it absolutely. No, and you know, we
0: kind of get that with the first, you know. They really do a great job of setting up like uh 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 before we see a kill. And of mm-hmm. course the first one is the is the teenage daughter who yeah. very, I think rationally is like, you know, haven't heard from someone who happens to be my boyfriend, mom and dad. Yeah. Wanna go look for him. I can also see if other power is on.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And, and kind of like within this first moment, we really start to see, at least how I saw it, kind of like this folkloric element of the minute that this house becomes isolated mm-hmm. amongst everything and everyone's kind of there. We have to fulfill these old roles of kind of what comes with survival and isolation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the first thing that they do is send Ryan to Riding Hood to frickin' Grandma's house.
1: <laughs> yeah, and she does not make it. <laughs>
0: does not you know but but it is kind of that notion we start to see that that almost like fairy tale element like Mm -hmm. really playing into horror when you think of horror you know like what are some of the the other like fairy tale films that you kind of think of
1: i mean i i ride riding hood is so perfect for that moment right and that and that's such like a a, like a uh, an evaluation of femininity right like go out into the woods even though like it's dangerous for you and everything is going to be coming after you Mm but i'm sending you there anyway just be careful and don't do anything bad (laughs) you know you're like Mm -hmm. you bet yeah yeah you're like okay um and i mean this one i'm trying to think of other like fairy tales that really are like popping up in this one i mean we've mentioned quite a few of them
0: yeah, Germany we normally get like the Hansel and gretels
1: we, we do do we we get a do. lot of werewolf tales actually. A lot oh. of werewolf so tales. many, so mm-hmm. many. We never talk about this but like, you know, like they had like witch trials, like they had werewolf trials. Like there was like people what? that were- Yeah, I mean, the the more in France but also in Germany and um Like, if you ever watch the Brotherhood of the Wolf, they touch on it a little bit, but there was people that were just, like, weird dudes, or were, like, and they were, like, totally, they are like, that guy's a werewolf, and they were put on trial. It's insane.
0: I asked that, that because, you know, apart from the fact that this is, you know, a holiday movie that we're actually going to is technically our first fairy tale Mm -hmm. Uh, we're getting to touch on on this podcast. And I, you know, I'm thinking about like all of the werewolf movies that I've got on my list. And we've talked a little bit before in the past about, you know, the Jacobian witch and kind Mm -hmm. of a lot of that in the witch trials, you know, in, in the wake of, of James being this big kind of crazy guy who took after great, great grandpappy uncle uh, Henry VIII. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Really loving uh, a good witches are out to, to commit regicide moment. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so i it's, had no idea that this was like this whole element of this
1: that's oh so- my gosh i've been trying to write this script forever about like the werewolf trials i one day i'll do it but like I, I i think it's so intriguing to me too because i think tropes of male and 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 femininity you know like all these different ways that we persecute each other and i think all the tropes that we have to be put into, I think that's uh, that's an interesting thing to me. So like the werewolf trials versus the the witch trials to me is just like very interesting. What what it takes to be like persecuted as a male versus what it takes to be persecuted as a as a female, and I think this is also like very interesting within Krampus actually because like we have this. This this German, like you know, Austrian grandmother who you can do the accents. It's fine. Yeah, (laughs) you know, she's like, she's like, she's like, you know, very you know, like she speaks English, but she only speaks German to people. And you oh, know, she, you know, she's just
0: like oh. <laughs> sitting there with
1: the, you know, the just a watchful eye and you're just like, you know, has all these deep secrets, but is also judging you and but like in a kind way. It's like such a weird, um, it's almost like, you know, you almost have that Hansel and Gretel thing, right? She's just judging these children (laughs) judging the way that lives have been lived and like almost like going well this is the way it is you've gotten the judgment you
0: know (laughs) like she you're not wrong that is that is so insightful like yeah she she really brings this sense of like history and ground to everything around her and creates this very important in a movie of ridiculous people (laughs) yeah yeah ridiculous like getting chased by like, jack-in-the-box fully <laughs> eats a twin by unhinging its jaws in this film
1: which i never trusted them in the first place so this just really t- sealed that for me <laughs> talk about a toy that's meant to both delight and scare you my god yes exactly <laughs> but i think there's something like really interesting about her knowing having all this knowledge having all this like like judgmental knowing what's going to kind of happen and being semi-complacent in in it like this is just what happens you know
0: yeah no you're a hundred percent correct like she's the the most bizarre straight man <laughs> Yeah, she's like, you're all going to die. All right, I'm going to go cook some cookies. <laughs> like, Fire go in, that's really you got to know. There's also a sense of like, I appreciate her being like, there is no way that this family, until they have seen a little bit more, and mm-hmm. they lost a little bit more
1: for me to be like, by the way, speak English, shut up, Aunt Dorothy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, I guess getting the attention of the people. Like, I yeah. guess- if you're in a situation like that at what point do you start going oh um you know we're being yeah killed off by fantastic
0: like fantasy creatures yeah exactly there's always a point in a horror movie where everyone's you know it's it's got kind of like come to jesus moment where they're like oh man i think it's this
1: and they're like no way man there's no way that it can be this and it's yeah you know instead just like figure it out (laughs) Yeah, it's always that i think i from watching horror movies i'm like if somebody comes to me and they're like there's a monster in that closet you know if there's like a three-year-old that's like uh, i talk to a monster every day i'm gonna just believe them i'm gonna automatically believe them that's it i'm in
0: (laughs) that's how you see the world because i think that that's gonna keep
1: you much safer in the world (laughs) i'm I'm like she said there's something in there there's something in there i might go see it though that's the problem with me i think i'm like i might be curious damn it i got killed again (laughs) just
0: just gotta get you a good old poking stick uh (laughs) that's if anything again talking about folkloric weaponry you know the good old poking stick is not utilized nearly enough in class not enough you're right (laughs) you're so right (laughs) well we kind of well <laughs> i say we kind of get a, a poke and stick in a, in a way uh with this but you know mid movie actually kind of like getting back to omi a little bit we get this really beautiful animated puppet show like about- i love it i love oh, it oh, oh, oh. i love i love a play within a play
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i love like a little weird shadow puppety like animation thing i love it (laughs) i'm in (laughs) absolutely
0: and they do such a great job of kind of like showing a little bit of um you know they they kind of do some implication at the beginning of the film that there is jewish ancestry within like adam scott and within omi's kind of character we never really touch on it and then um you know, she kind of talks about her. T- There's a little bit of, of insinuation about like, is it World War One? Is it World mm-hmm. War Two? Like, what was it that created this environment for her, where she just kind of seems so
1: shell shocked? And the answer is Krampus, which is yes, wild. but well, also post post war. Like, so oh. like that was the other thing. I was like, okay, in this in this. Uh, We almost see kind of like a ghetto situation where she is her family is starving. She has to go get bread. She's she's blamed for not bringing back the bread, uh, you know, even though you should probably not send a child uh, to be beat up uh, over bread, Um, you know, not really her fault. Exclusively to the breadline, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I, I mean, you know, not really her fault at all. But you see that, like, and so I was like, I. It felt very reminiscent of a World War II situation for me. Yeah, um, and I, and it further implied then being Jewish, but then we're also talking about this being a paganistic, like, also rooted in Christianity, kind of thing. Uh, it's like, it's, it was. I was like, what is happening? That's why I had to look it up. I was like, I need to know what this is. <laughs> no, I understand.
0: You know, it's why one of the other things that i actually kind of got out of this watch because i was paying slightly closer attention than usual <laughs> whatever reason that could be um, <laughs> is that the the way that they use pagan lore kind of throughout this film the film's story is actually very straightforward it's it's very much so like this this happens with max he mm-hmm. loses the spirit of christmas krampus descends and they're slowly picked off one by one in these creative, you know, kind of like 80s style ways by, you know, gingerbread men with nail
1: guns. And, yeah. You know. Uh, Which I love the gingerbread men. I just, oh, I adore them. They I, they have my heart. I am. <laughs> Me,
0: it's, uh, I, the thing that has my heart in this one was the Foley noises. <laughs> mm, oh my gosh. Yes. Like 100%. Every kill, despite being this brutal grotesque thing that you see there's like anvil noises and slide mm-hmm. whistles and like all the things that really make it a comedy kind of come out in both the music and and these foley noises um but but for me the thing that like kind of with the pagan imagery of it all it's always very subtle it's the opening credit sequence when we see all the names of who worked on the film you see little pagan symbols in mm-hmm. all Names or it's the the use of, of music when things calm down. They use the very traditional, you know, like things like old ten and bomb and stuff like that. Yeah. Rather, than, you know, we wish you a merry Christmas. Like every little bit of sound and that goes into this film is so well thought out and how they're going to play with the. Is it pagan? It's vaguely pagan, but you know what's it doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I I. I really love attention to detail. I love a theme, and I love like yeah. like very much committing to it. And I I love the way they committed to that in this movie for sure. Oh, a hundred percent, yeah.
0: And it and of course it like all leads into because we actually don't see well. We see the other thing that Doherty actually worked on, which I love. He also wrote X Two, <laughs> which I always find to be like a fun little like weird writer fact. Is that like you know he also love technically it. wrote on X-Men. And he wrote the X-Men with Nightcrawler in particular, which Mm. is very reminiscent of, you know, we don't really see Krampus that much. Mm -hmm. We see leaping around like a kitty cat, all nimbly bimbly from, from house to house. And we see his feet. Oftentimes we really get a lot of those big old. Which Um,
1: is such a good utilization of that, like Jaws type uh, rule. I can't remember the filmmaker that came up with it. It's not Steven Spielberg. It's his editor about to say like i'm not as no well- <laughs> or- <laughs> no it's a it, it's this female editor that really like was like kind of came up with these rules of of not showing the monster in, in until a certain moment and and kind of even like that angle of showing from the monster's view too and keeping it out of sight it's like such a good it's such a good tactic in horror um yeah. your imagination runs crazy <laughs> you know I love that. I I now I really want to know who this female editor is. I'm gonna. Try- I know, and it's great that it's
0: a female, you know, filmmaker that is. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Well, yeah. anybody listening knows. Put it yes. in the comments, please, because I will do my own research, but I will forget to put it in the comments because. Mm-hmm. there's you know we get good wi-fi in the woods but again my my attention span is only
1: so much <laughs> but but you know we're kind of like getting into it let's let's talk about the krampus pop- sorry yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you who it is verna fields verna fields why would you be sorry about that you you with your beautiful
0: <laughs> lord um yeah yeah no it's fine you know people still feel free to write in the comments or don't, yeah. I don't i'm not your dad <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> what you want to do you know <laughs>
1: krampus might come and get you but i don't know uh, i'm definitely getting visit this year in <laughs> this podcast <laughs> but uh but you know
0: like, but, yeah let's let's talk a little bit about this this creature because when it is finally revealed we really it's it's only getting like this face off where like after you know all of this havoc throughout the house, you know, pretty much. I think by this point, there are only two kids left. I want to say two kids and a baby. Question mark. Yeah, do a kill count on this because somebody else does that on the podcast. <laughs> That's their job now. Um, but but I think it's just two kids and a baby, two teens and a baby are the only ones who are left. I don't really recall what happens to the baby. I think the baby is just kind of left or
1: it's very unclear i don't know
0: um yeah again this is how flippant we treat children in this film is yes there's a
1: lot of them at one point
0: yeah uh the baby death is not memorable (laughs) enough oh yeah i know that's so sad <laughs> it's all good it's fine because i mean it really is overshadowed by i think at that point like they had like christmas elves
1: running in yeah there was a lot going on at that point i know that's a lot of people were were grabbed by those said elves uh um, or not a lot of people but like things it was like a chaotic moment
0: <laughs> yeah the end of this honestly the last act of this film gets pretty chaotic which i kind of love honestly yes um But we get this great standoff between Omi and Krampus, which is, you know, when he first comes down the chimney. And it's really the first time that we see the whole build, the whole creature, which is insane. It's huge. It's every, like you said, details, every little detail is gorgeous. And yet they still keep this very human face, despite this very animalistic. Body, uh, it's It's really
1: good, it's really good. I argue it's probably one of the better creatures that I've seen in the past decade in a horror movie. I Um, mean, again, attention to detail in this movie,
0: yeah, is insane, yeah, and really, really utilizing again the reveal. Of that because while everything else has been very silly and funny and and you know kind of kind of like what the fuck like we see Krampus and we're like what the fuck
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it's it's exactly like you said how comedy and and horror really
1: (laughs) go hand in hand they do they do Jordan Peele even says it (laughs)
0: yes oh my goodness well you know and as we're kind of like saying like the end of this film gets really chaotic krampus shows up we finally see him you know there's more kind of chasing throughout a lot of this film is really just about tracking down and killing people that really the the act two of this is is quite substantial yes (laughs) in that way uh but as we kind of get to this finale we're slowly is like the last people being picked off are are You know, one of the teen cousins, Tony Collette, Adam Scott. Adam Scott, playing thrower action star, by the way. I think we need to take a moment to talk about that.
1: I mean, (laughs) I will always take a moment to talk about him. Dale. (laughs) Bing bang bang, bong. Let's do it. So good.
0: I'm surprised that he hasn't, like, kind of ventured more into this. Because, you know, as we're seeing more of, like, that era of, like, hot dads being hot and, you know... Firing yeah. weapons. you know i think he's kind of an underrated hot dad
1: in horror <laughs> i do i think so too i would love to see him more um i do think he had a couple like bad breaks in it like he did like a tv show that was kind of like you know like horror comedy based and it didn't really do well which i don't know why it didn't oh wow. um uh, it was called like ghosted or ghost something oh with Craig robinson yeah yes yes, yes. Wow. I did hear of it and did not watch
0: it. Dang, yeah, that's on me. (laughs) Me and
1: I mean, I mean, not all
0: on you. That's fair. Yeah, there are millions of other people who would have needed to support it. Uh, But yeah, it's he's such an interesting figure when it comes time for that dichotomy of, of horror, and I guess Severance is the other show that he's done. Which, yes
1: which is kind of like him creeping back into the genre i feel like but nothing about what
0: the show is about and so that is interesting is it something worth checking out if you are a horror
1: fan it is it's like more like corporation um like corporation-based horror i would say like corporate horror what yeah 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 <laughs> like uh, i don't want to give away anything but it's like yeah uh, you watch it if you're especially if you've ever worked in an office or a situation like that um yeah so I think he's kind of creeping back into it I mean he did the Twilight Zone too Um, and and uh, I do the Twilight
0: Zone episode I thought that was a very interesting
1: yeah I think so too yeah but yeah I don't yeah I I think he should come back yeah um Mm -hmm. come back more harder Adam Scott that sounded gross but Mm -hmm. you know what I mean (laughs) oh
0: yeah uh, so so we get adam scott who's just doing the most which we love we get tony collette doing what she does best which is sad mom terror speeches <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. her She's monologue such a good crier Ugh. oh oh yeah it's it's tony collette it's jude law mia goth honestly i think mia goth has usurped jude law at this point in that order of monologues i would listen to in horror movies forever yeah yeah exactly <laughs> But we we get great moments with Tony Collette. And then we get this standoff with Max and Krampus, which I kind of think a lot of people forget about because by the end of this movie, it is so insane that you're kind of just like, we're waiting for the ending. But I do want to take a moment because since I did mention before that we get this this very like Scrooge notion with the framing of this film. Mm -hmm. Film, we get the start of Christmas Carol and then here at the end, we get Max has decided to to try to save his cousin, the final, you know, family member who remains alive, who's being dragged off to a pit by Krampus. And then we get The Bargain. Mm.
1: <laughs> we, yes.
0: Yeah. What, what do you think about, you know, this kind of like moment of this kid in Krampus kind of standing off?
1: I mean, it's like, it's pretty epic and 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 with the ending uh, that we get uh heartbreaking yeah <laughs> yeah you know it really is you know again the word
0: brutalist keeps coming up
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 rough it's it's what you think of like a harsh alpine winter <laughs> like the bad parts of winter you oh, know yeah like the brutality of winter oh in um, the holidays yeah
0: yeah, because we get Max who's coming back. He throws that that Krampus bell because the, mm-hmm. the of course is that you know you you're left behind as a rem as a reminder to others of what yeah. that holiday means. Which like mm-hmm. you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Don't want to be an example. Great. <laughs>
0: and there is like this moment where like as Max does this, it's kind of this like I reject your lesson. Give mm-hmm. me my family back. Yeah. Which, Kind of the mo I mean, like, it kind of shows the, you know, what has he really learned in this? <laughs> if he's saying, I don't really care what you had to say. I just want something.
1: Right. Which, oh, God, when you put it that way, it's like, yeah, you learned absolutely nothing. But what can you learn for such brutal lessons, I- you know, besides desperation? It um- matter if you got your spirit back. It's like, it's...
0: Uh- I remember the thing. I think that like when my brain was like starting a new fire doesn't mean the one that you were supposed to tend never went out. And yeah, like, what kind of comes with with the result of that? And it isn't until the moment where he says, "Please bring my family back. Take me instead." Mm-hmm. They've been talking about the idea of sacrifice for the season this entire right. time. Which when I think of Christmas, I don't always think about sacrifice, but it is really a huge kind of like thing that they've given Krampus throughout this film. Uh, You know, the sacrifice of looking at family members Mm. normally they, they have a good place in the world. You kind of see throughout this, we look at these like terrible family members, all kind of having to step up and show and use what they're good at. Empathy, firepower, planning, tactical, you know, notions and all of their passion is ultimately towards helping each other and helping survive. And so, with all of that survival being for naught, here we get Max saying, "You know what? I did survive, but take me instead." And then he gets shoved into the the flames of hell in that very um, remember like the Mickey Christmas Carol. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. Isn't that the one where they like slice the pea in a half or something or a bean or something? <laughs> I, I uh, Oh, know. maybe that's a different one. No, I'm getting them confused.
0: I don't know. I just, and maybe even the Mickey one isn't the one I'm thinking of. I just remember there's one Christmas Carol where like Scrooge gets pushed into the grave and it's just hellfire. Yeah, uh, And that's kind of what we get there at the end. Mm-hmm. Is Krampus pushing this kid in and then we, we wake up in what is probably one of the most interesting horror movie endings that I've seen in a very long time.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, And makes me look at snow globe so differently.
0: So differently. A lot of (laughs) people like one of the, of course the big things on the internet is like, what do you think the ending of this film is? Here's a Buzzfeed list. Um, What, what do you think though? (laughs) of this ending, you know, it's kind of vaguely ominous Christmas forever trapped in this snow globe. Do you think that's like a fitting punishment?
1: I mean, I don't think punishment is usually fitting at all. <laughs> I think that's not, not really how people learn. I think people learn through compassion and, and, and empathy and stuff like that. But I do think that's why like these harsh punishments really intrigue me because um, they're, especially in like Christianity and, and paganism and religion and spirituality, there is such a, like, if you do wrong, there's a harsh punishment. And um, it just really goes into all the folklore shit that we, you know, we were raised with. Like there's a, con- there's a heavy consequence to everything you do. And that um, is hard. <laughs> it's just, I real
0: harsh. love that though, because again, I'm probably going to say it every episode, but you know, horror is subjective and mm-hmm. that this is what has drawn you to this type of horror is really interesting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It also explains why
1: you like throwing a Krampus party. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. I mean, I like to explore like what hum- humans do to each other. To me, I don't think that this is a, like, I don't think people learn this way. I don't think, I think it just brings fear. Um, and fear to never also like really changes behavior too much. Um, but it is something that we are definitely like raised as in, a, in society to to think that this is what, what is appropriate and this is what it is. And I'm like, uh, like we should be able to make mistakes. He should have been able to have a moment where he did not like his family. Like he should have had that moment. And instead, if because of the consequence of saying something like that, his whole family is stuck Here forever. The- oh, <laughs> you know? Oh. The Christmas demon, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is... Like, I I think it's such, I think if you look at a comedy situation, like where this is a horror comedy, it is kind of making fun of like how how ridiculous that is. How ridiculous a small kid, like just trying to like get through life, trying to get through like conflict that that he's being surrounded by makes a rash moment and, uh, and the course of, of everybody's life has changed. Insane. You know, I, <laughs> I, I love this. I love this so much
0: because I really just hit the nail on the head of, uh, you know, when we talk about folk horror, a lot of the, you know, and part of the reason why I started this podcast is that, you know, it was originally defined very specifically and for a very specific part of the world. Um, I actually really love this because, you know, like a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is kind of like how folk horror was originally defined and it was defined very late. And, you know, but of course, you know, the way that it was originally defined is not necessarily define all folk horror. And I think that you've really hit this nail on the head about the notions of what draws us to folk horror cinema is this idea of this should be a good thing. Why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It should be about coming home. Why mm-hmm. am home somewhere I can never go back to.
1: <laughs> like, why am I not safe here? Why, why is this not, not a safe place? Why is, you know, like, oh, it's.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that kind of when you look at this film as a folk horror film, that ending is a little creepier. Because mm. <laughs> it is this notion. Can you imagine being trapped in a vaguely ominous Christmas forever? Every single no. Christmas? Like, no thank you yeah because <laughs> that's what i imagine is that they woke up for that christmas eve and everyone's getting along but that is the only day you get for the rest of your life
1: <laughs> like, i don't do want to live one day one for the rest of my life especially not the holidays oh. <laughs> reach <laughs>
0: Well, you know, kind of with all of that in mind, I always like to close out with, you know, do you think that this film qualifies as a folk horror film? Would you put it inside of A Wicker Man to sacrifice to the greater movie gods?
1: Um, I would say that this is absolutely folk horror and I don't want to put it in The Wicker Man because I want to watch it again.
0: I mean, that's totally fine. Once it's out into the ether, it helps everything else grow. So maybe we'll get a Krampus too. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, that would be great. I mean, I just heard we're getting a Thanksgiving too, so I am all on board. (laughs) (laughs) Not all the holiday horror. Forever. I'm
0: sure we're gonna get a trick or treat to at one point in time. Oh, we've been teased about it. I don't know. (laughs) Everything that's just it. Whenever I whenever a movie comes out, I'm just like, well, we're gonna be teased about a sequel for the next 20 years. Gear up. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But (laughs) you know, then Excitement. Well, hopefully, then this sacrifice of qualifying this as a comedy folk film will will manifest all the appropriate holiday spirit to mm. descend upon us like so many clouds, so many snowmen, so many gingerbread men, so that we might get promise to
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Double cramps. <laughs> I'm uh,
1: available. <laughs> well, speaking
0: of that, you, where can people find you on social media right now, Anastasia? Uh,
1: you can find me at linktreeze uh, slash uh, Anastasia Wash for everything, but um I'm usually on Instagram at Anastasia Wash or you can go to my website for everything, Anastasiawashington.com. Awesome.
0: And then you you've been like crazy busy on the film circuit this year, uh uh with a bunch of films that you've been in. Do you have anything that you wanna
1: plugity plug right right quick? Yeah, I mean uh We have uh, Deadhead, which is doing um, the festival circuit. And Inner Demons is a feature that I'm in. Um, It's a horror feature that I don't know when it's streaming, but it'll be streaming soon. Exciting! Yeah, and Demon Juice is also um, on Screamfest's website as well as Trauma. They have an app, so I'm officially a Trauma girl, and that makes me so happy. absolutely
0: absolutely (laughs) (laughs) dreams. here folks this is where you can go and find all of the crazy stuff that anastasia is doing yeah all of these are horror movies am i correct or am i oh
1: they all are horror movies some of them are horror comedies oh my god (laughs) in in my woods i'm blushing ah
0: Thank you so much, Anastasia, for coming on. This is such a blast! And for all of you listening at home, have a nice, happy, safe holidays. As Anastasia mentioned, if you know you are not feeling any of those things, feel free to curl up in a corner and to listen to some folksy. Because here we're all family. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> until next time, happy holidays and stay folksy.